Hey, what's up, guys? You are listening to Live It with Jake Sullivan. Um, I just want to take a minute and ask you guys, if you have been listening to the podcast, you've been enjoying what you're hearing, um, that's awesome. I would ask you to go ahead and wherever you're listening, just leave us a five-star review and even write a little review about what you like about the podcast, maybe even what you want to hear. Um, we would always appreciate that, and that really does help us, um, those reviews and stuff. So go ahead and do that, and um, yeah, so thanks for listening, and um, yeah, enjoy this episode. Jake, I cannot believe that um, our quarantine got extended. I'm so mad. (laughs) Day 22, but who is counting? I think it's actually been like 15 days of actual. Everybody's counting, Jake. Literally everyone. (laughs) A couple times I've almost lost count, but I know today is Good Friday. So regardless of how much we have to be in quarantine, uh, we get to celebrate Easter this weekend. Hey, praise God. That's actually, that's an awesome praise request. Um, praise request. Hold on. Praise report. <laughs> it what? is Good Friday, and we are we are celebrating the death of well and resurrection soon, but yes. but the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross. Um, today. today is a little bit of a is a, is a bit of a different day. Um, first of all, this episode is not released on what day we usually release it on. Um, this is going to be released on a Saturday, but we're doing a little bit of an Easter special, Jake. Tell us a little bit why we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, you know, my heart was just stirred with the magnitude of Easter, especially in this season, as we're walking through this this craziness of COVID-19 and yeah. what it's meant, not just to our nation, but to the entire world, and and just watching, you know, people die and, and the reality that, and the sobering reality that death does bring. But yet, as Christ followers, we we can rejoice because of what this week means um, between the the death of Jesus on the cross for our sin and the resurrection on Sunday. And just there should be a joy and there should be a reflection process this week, maybe more than ever, um, over over the impact of what Jesus did on this weekend. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, like we've been doing for the past couple days or past couple weeks, I mean, um, episodes on just like conversations in quarantine and what God is teaching us and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. Um, I think it's super important to reflect on the blessings, um, and even the trials that, um, the Lord has, has brought us through, which we should even count as blessings and joy as it talks about in the book of James. But, um, um, like, I think it's so important for us to just stop and sit back and just take some time to reflect and remember the simplicity and power of the gospel and that we would never lose that like fire in our hearts. I was in the shower this morning just praying like, Lord, I pray that you would never allow me to lose the fire in my heart for just the gospel of your son, Jesus. It's such a cool thing, such an amazing thing. It, it is an amazing thing. And 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 to think about, you know, we talked about on Wednesday night at our student ministry stuff, just leaning in on the promises of God during this season and, and to know 
the magnitude of the promise that we have for eternal salvation in Jesus through the cross and through the resurrection, um, just leaning in on that on a daily basis. And, and, and my heart's been not just when things become difficult or, or seasons are trying, but an everyday action of, of leaning in, like you said, to the simplicity of the gospel, which kind of leads us where I want to go today is, is Luke 24. What we want to do this week is, is we want to walk through yeah. the resurrection, right? And, the impact that Good Friday is with the right. death of Jesus and, and right. bearing our sin and the weight and the magnitude of what happened on this Friday, but at the same time the joy of the resurrection. Right. And 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 that's what that's what differentiates Christianity from other any other religion is yeah, there have been great people or prophets and but our Christ, God in the flesh, rose from the dead. Yes. And through that, we Amen. have eternal life. And that's where our joy comes from. A lot of times, yeah. I think Christians just stop at the cross and the death of Jesus. Well, yes, that was a huge impact for my sin, your sin, and what Jesus did for us in the sacrifice. But the joy of our faith is found through the resurrection. Amen. Uh, that's that's so cool. So well, a little bit of what we're, what we're doing today. Today is just a little bit different. Um, we're going to walk through... Luke 24, yep. right? We're just going to kind of, we're just going to kind of talk through that. And Jake, instead of me interviewing yeah. you a little bit, we're going to get to know you a little bit. Sam. Jake's going to kind of ask me some questions, but these aren't questions that are just directed towards me. As you guys are listening to this episode, as you guys are reflecting on the death and resurrection and powerful sacrifice um, by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, so many years ago, um, think about these questions and start to reflect on what has the Lord done in your heart? What does this mean for you now um, as a follow, as maybe a new believer, as a seasoned believer, or even as an unbeliever? Just yeah. think about, think about these things. Well, and, and so I'll, we'll just jump right in then to, yeah. to Luke 24. Yep. <clears throat> My favorite story of the resurrection and, and each of the gospels um, touches on it, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But my favorite account is in Luke chapter 24, starting hmm. in verse 13 on the road to Emmaus, because you kind of get to see the sense of humor behind Jesus as well. Right. So, right, the the death of Christ has come. Cleopas and his wife, most people believe it, his wife, Scripture doesn't clearly say, but most people believe him and his wife were now heading back from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And as they were on the road to Emmaus, the resurrected Christ shows up and begins to walk with them. Mm. But it says um, in verse 16, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And from there, he begins this conversation with them. He's like, verse 17 says, and he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? Like he didn't know, right? I just find it so yeah. entertaining that Jesus just hmm. hops alongside two ordinary people. There were nothing real significant about Cleopas or most likely his wife. Rather, just two ordinary people taken mm -hmm. in the Passover in Jerusalem, saw Jesus die, crucified on the cross, thought he was going to be the Savior. And now they're walking back to Emmaus sad, down, depressed, that the man who they thought was going to redeem Israel actually was killed on a cross. Mm. And Jesus engages them in this conversation and what I want to do is I want to walk through uh, six questions, and we're going to try to go through them as quickly as we can, that we can find in the resurrection story. And I think we're going to ask them, we're going to pose them to Sam, so you guys get to know Sam a little more. You've heard a lot of my story. <laughs> 
But also, um, I want you to be asking these six questions of yourself, too, on this this Easter holiday weekend. Yeah. So Luke 24, this 21, uh, it says this. It says, but we had hoped, so this is Cleopas talking back to Jesus, even though they don't recognize it was Jesus, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things had happened. And, and this idea that Cleopas is what we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Mm. It just, it baffles me that like they see Jesus walking alongside them then, and then they're just kind of like, they almost like don't know who he is. They it don't. Just, it just baffles me how like you can walk with someone to that extent, like a great teacher and the sa- like the savior of the world. Yeah. You can walk with him for however many years and then just after three days completely forget and just like not know. Well, and you think it's you think the story is done. Right. And and where I want to ask with question one to you, Sam, is like, where have you missed Jesus? As you reflect along your journey with Christ, like, where have you missed Jesus because you placed your expectation on him of what he should do or how he should do it? And, and that's really what happened. Hmm. So many people missed Jesus because they thought he was coming back as the Savior to redeem Israel from Rome, yeah. as in to, uh, to take over and to conquer Rome. Actually, he came as a Savior that would die on a cross. And because of those expectations that were placed on Jesus— Many people missed him. Right. And I think we often miss Jesus because we place our, our expectations on Jesus instead of living under his expectations for our lives to glorify his name. So can you think of a time where like, gosh, I've just missed Jesus because I've placed my expectations on him? Right. Um, <clears throat> there's quite a few areas. I mean, there's one specific story that I can think of um, that I might just open up with. This is a great question, and I think a lot of us should ask ourselves this too, like, what, what false, or not necessarily false, but what areas have we um, placed Jesus in our lives where we've expected to see him do something um, for us, for our own gain, um, instead of just accepting him for the Savior that he is and the thing that he has, things that he has already done. Um, so last summer, I was in Turkey for um, essentially just gospel sharing. Um, it is a country that um, it's in some areas it's illegal to share the gospel. It's some, um, some areas it's illegal to be a Christian. Um, uh, you can't really be killed for being a Christian in Turkey as you could in Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, um, a lot of other places like that. Um, but it, it still is quite dangerous. And so my team and I, we were out on a a ministry outreach thing um, in a little town. And um, I'm not going to say the name just for security reasons uh, for the missionaries there and all that kind of stuff, but we will just call this um, uh, D um, we'll call this a land. We'll, we'll call this a city, a city. Let's say that. Um, and uh, a city, we were just kind of walking around the streets and um, I would be praying to myself like, like, Lord, bring us people that you want us to meet. Our goal there was to find these persons of peace. And we, we would know that these are people of peace because they would come to us and they and they would, you know, seem inviting. They would have a peace about them. And they were people that we knew were clearly um, 
uh, ordained by the Lord for us to meet and then to have conversation with them, maybe even stay in their home. Um, and so that's what we were there for, to meet people, go into their home, pray a blessing over their home, have meals with them, share the gospel, just like it talks about in Luke 10. Um, and I would do this kind of prayer that the Lord would like, <clears throat> like have me do something to find them. Mm. And, and it's kind of hard to explain that. Like we would be going around looking for these people, but in actuality, like the Lord needs to bring the people to us because there's, you know, however many millions of people in that country, how are we supposed to find yeah. the you know, elect few that are willing to listen and willing to hear. Like, it's near impossible without faith in Jesus, like faith in the Lord to do this for us. He needs to bring the people to us. But I had placed a hope in him that he was going to bring, like, just carry me over to him and, you know, over to these people. And I would know exactly, like, when I see them and stuff like that. Um, and But, I mean, that that's a really hard thing to decipher, though. Yeah. Because, I mean— it's really an experience thing. Yeah. Like you have to experience the way the Lord wants to do it to have him show you that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you well, know what I'm his, saying? And that and that's what's so crazy. And I think that's why so many people even miss Christ in their life, is it right? You expect him to do something a certain way. Right. And then that's what I'm trying to get at too. Yeah, he doesn't like, do it the way you thought he was gonna do it. Right. And all of a sudden you've missed Jesus. Right. And I think one of the most common ones we hear today is, well, why would he allow suffering? Right, like right, it doesn't, exactly. In, in our finite minds, it doesn't make sense that he would actually use suffering to draw hmm. people to himself. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I would even say, like, in another area, too, um, so I, when I was in high school, um, I went through just kind of a lot of just wandering around, and... Um, just kind of, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you that are listening kind of know the whole deal of, you know, maybe hanging out with the wrong crowd or trying to impress the wrong people. Um, and I actually, I actually got myself into a pit, but we can, we can get into that a little bit later. But, um, um, one of the biggest things was like, I thought that I was going to just drop everything after high school and full-time join the military. And I was actually very close to doing that. Um, I had had the meetings, you know, I had planned to, you know, sign like a four-year contract of active duty in the army, in the infantry. So it was like super intense, all that kind of stuff. And I was planning on doing it. Um, but then all of a sudden, like the, it was almost like the Lord reached into my heart and took out the enthusiasm for that idea completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that was my plan after high school. I didn't want to go to college. I didn't really want to get a job, but the Lord like reached into my heart and into my mind and just the enthusiasm was gone. And I was like, I guess this just isn't something I'm, I should do. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot, you know, yeah. where you, where people like have an idea of something that they want to do with their life, like after high school, after college. And then all of a sudden it's just like, okay, but why now, and, you know, and then something totally different happens yeah. that you would have never imagined no. if you would have, you know, taken the path that you were planning on taking. Yeah. Well, and it is, and it's, it's, it's God redirecting and reorganizing. I grew up diehard Minnesota Gopher, thought I'm going to go play college basketball there. And now that I get to reflect back. That door closed so I could end up in Ames, so I could come to know him. Yeah. And and God does that all the, t all the time. And I think as, as believers in this season of Easter, 
we need to really be reflecting, are we placing our expectations on mm. Jesus? Then when he doesn't fill our expectations, are we missing him because we expected him to do it a certain way? And, and our posture and our position should be, especially at this time, say, Lord, like, I want to come under mm. your expectation. I don't want to place you under my expectation, but I want to come under your expectation, and I want you to lead me. And if that means we have to stay at home for the next three months, we stay at home in the next three months. That means I lose my job, I lose my job. Mm. But I want to I want to come under you so that I see you. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was such yeah. a beautiful picture. Well, continuing on in Luke, let's yeah. continue on Luke 24 through 26. So this conversation continues between ultimately the resurrected Christ yes. and Cleopas. And again, they're not recognizing him yet. But then here's what G- Jesus says in, in, in verse 26. And I, I we'll start actually in verse 25. He says to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Mm. And that's Good Friday, right? Like, yeah. As you reflect, Sam, on on all that's transpired on the cross and reflect on your life and your brokenness, like what emotions get stirred inside of you because of the suffering of Christ? So I would say two things. First of all, a gratefulness for the fact that I have been saved at the time that I that I have been, um, and also that I have this opportunity now to pursue Christ and pursue Him fully, um, and and it's just free to me. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to go around in hiding of my faith and fear that I am going to be killed. You know, we yep. live in a country where we have freedom of religion. And, you know, that's one of our amendments. And I'm so thankful that the Lord found me where I was and brought me to where I am and continues to pave that path, you know, stone by stone, brick by brick before me. Um, And I'm also thankful that he doesn't just lay out the entire, my entire life before me saying, (laughs) this is exactly how it's going to look. Because I know that if he did that, I would 100% screw it up. Yeah as I already do screw up, you know, constantly. Um, but he does it just piece by piece, little bitty taste by little bitty taste to keep us trusting in, in him and having faith in him. Secondly, um, I feel a brokenness for the lost and for the Mm -hmm. nations that not even with a, in 10, a hundred, you know, 500 miles of where they live. Is there a Christian to share Mm -hmm the faith with them yeah, and yeah. how lost they are, how many generations of them are lost and in uh-uh. need of a savior. My heart becomes broken for these people. Yeah. And, and I just so wonder, good. Lord, why? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you just show up before them and say, I am the Lord. I am the one and only like, and, and just, and just be done with it, you know? Yeah. But then I think about the Israelites and how many times the Lord showed himself, showed miracles, showed sign and wonders to those who were wandering in the desert, those who were brought to the promised land, and yet they still turned away from him. Like it, I'm, I'm reading in Matthew right now, and it just talks about um, how often the Lord sent prophets. He sent signs. 
He sent like commandments to them and they threw them all away. And he said, all right, well, you know what? I'll just send my son, Jesus. And it talks about um, in Matthew, the stone that the builder will throw away will become the chief cornerstone. Mm -hmm. And this is what the Lord ordained, um, that uh, Christ would be magnified um, and his people would be saved. And it's just so interesting to me how even he's like, all right, I will send my son surely they will they will trust my son and they will honor him but they kill him yeah yeah and and so i i gotta wonder like god is doing things the way he's planned to do things but my heart is still broken for those who don't know him so i pray that the lord would even use me yeah to reach these lost people that's what's so fun about doing this podcast too is we just get to talk about hopefully point people to christ and we we do know there are a lot of a lot of people who don't know christ that log on to platforms like podcasts to to listen especially in this time where everybody is searching for hope in a season where Mm. there's so much unknown and one of the things that always drives me to reflect on the as i reflect on the cross i reflect on good friday is just in my own life, like I think it's First John three sixteen. This is this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life mm. for us. We ought to lay our our lives down for another. And just like, am I living that kind of a life? Am I am, am I living a life that is completely surrendered to the cross? Yeah, on behalf of others, so they can come to know Him. And 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 I think that's really what a place of reflection has been in my own heart. Well, they continue on in, in Luke in yeah, Luke twenty four. They continue on in this journey and. And I'm, I'm going to jump to verse 28 as they're having this conversation. And it says, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. So Cleopas and his wife, they're drawing near to, to Emmaus. And yep. He acted as if he were going farther. Again, you love the comedy of Jesus. Right. Right. Like he was just going to continue on walking. Like, where is he going? But but verse 29 is, is I think, for people this Easter, the most important verse outside of the idea that he has risen but it's the most important verse that we need to reflect on it says but they urged him strongly saying stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent so he Mm. went in to stay with them Mm. this idea of inviting jesus in yeah and i think a lot of christians or not a lot of christians excuse me a lot of unbelievers don't invite jesus in because they want to know everything about him Mm. Think about Cleopas' wife. They, they didn't even know it was Jesus. Right. But we're going to see there was a stirring and there was a burning in his in their heart, and they invited him in. Yeah. And it's when we invite him in that we begin to get to know him. Yep. And I think a lot of people stay away from coming to Christ because they're like, well, I don't know everything about him. Well, who do you know really well without inviting them in? Right. You have to, you have to want to build relationship to get to know them. Yep. And we want to know, well, why is there suffering in the world? Why is there evil in the world? How did he get all the animals on the boat? Mm. I don't know. Invite Jesus in and let him begin to show you. Yeah. And, and you can begin to learn who he is. But my question for you, Sam, is when was the first time that you invited Jesus in? Mm. What was That's that good. breaking point that it caused you to say, yes, I want to invite Jesus in and get to know him? All right, so I'm going to try and go through this as fast as possible without stopping at too many points here. But um, coming out of um, actually starting in early middle school, I would say about sixth grade, I got my first iPod Touch. Um, And especially when you are a sheltered kid (laughs) like I was, um, and I went to this, uh, you know, kind of it's a charter school so it's not quite a private school not quite a public school but kind of somewhere in the middle um 
things are different, right? And things are sheltered. And, and I got this iPod touch and I started playing around with it. And I actually got myself hooked onto pornographic images while being, while like on this iPod touch of mine throughout my middle school years. Um, fast forward into high school. Um, I started kind of getting more deeper and deeper into this, uh, addiction of pornography, which many, many, uh, guys, especially in these, in, in the age of, you know, middle school, high school, college do get addicted to these things. Um, upon that, I also started, uh, dabbling in, in drugs, you know, smoking weed, pills, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. Um, and really, like I was saying before, trying to please the wrong crowd, but I liked it. I did. Um, you know, people, people found me funny. People found me relatable. Like I could, I could have conversations with people that I wouldn't normally be able to do, um, or, you know, be able to get, you know, into those relationships, having those conversations and stuff than, um, you know, if I were maybe involved in a different group or whatever. Um, or like if you were leading but, worship at our high school worship, sure, you may not invite sure, you. sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, not that it's impossible, but like, <laughs> correct, I'm just correct, saying correct. it's like, it's, it's really hard to be a part of the group, yes. quote on quote unquote, if you're not doing yes. what the group is doing, let's say that. Um, and so, you know, that, that kind of went throughout, um, my high school years. Um, that was, that was, got really difficult. My kind of sophomore junior year. Um, and then I, and then I kind of started dabbling in a lot of, a lot of, you know, sexual impurities, relationships that, um, that were going nowhere, that were, that were impure, that were not Christ, not Christ centered and not just well grounded. And I got myself into a lot of trouble. We won't get into a lot of depth about that, but, um, um, it, I was just really in a dark place and willing to do things just for the sake of doing them and feeling something. Um, and really that kind of was most of my high school. I can't say that like, like things just like, you know, kind of, there was a light at the end of the tunnel after high school, but like, that was just kind of my high school years yeah. was those impurities, um, with whomever drugs, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. Senior year, it got better, but I never really rededicated my faith. I, I mean, I, I was raised uh, in a Christian home. I, I, you know, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was like six. Um, but, you know, living this completely destructive lifestyle, well, after my senior year of high school, that there was this summer where my sister invited me to actually a worship night at uh, River Valley, the this campus here across town in, in Bloomington. Um, and I like, I remember being there. I don't remember what song was being sung or what hymn it was or whatever, but I just remember getting down on my knees and realizing all these things about myself that I wasn't, you know, allowing to give up, you know, addiction with nicotine, drugs, alcohol, pornography, yeah. um, relationships that were destructive that, you know, I had, you know, placed an expectation of the Lord in them. You know, I said, Jesus you know, make this happen for me. And it did not happen. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah. Um, and I really saw the Lord begin to work when that exact night I went up to a, fr a good family friend of mine whom I I'd known since early middle school um, and had been one of my youth leaders for quite some time. Um, and I said, hey, like, I've got an issue and I need your help. 
and he, he and I prayed about it and he helped hold me accountable. And that, that was actually like the last day that I'd ever yeah. watched pornography. Huh. So it's, um, you know, like, like that day, what it was yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't, it's, it's another thing where like the Lord, I don't know how God did it, but it was like he reached into my heart mm-hmm. and plucked that desire right out of me. Yeah. And that addiction so right out of me cool. because he knows how destructive it is. I know how destructive it is. Um, and so when I invited Jesus in, it was like during those times when I saw him do the things I knew he yeah. could do to like bring me back to life. Yeah. Well, and it just <clears throat> reminds me too, especially to those listening that are thinking like, well, I've just too, I've done too much or I have too much sin or I have... I've gone too far that God can never use me. Right. Right? Because what, right. you just turned 20 yeah. last week? Yeah, exactly. So Sam just turns 20 last week, and he's here at Grace Church working full-time as the head of our student worship and student programming. And it's just crazy to say, like, when you invite Jesus in, how he can just transform you and mm. then position you. And, and no matter how, how broken you are. Right? And I think there's this lie from the enemy, right. well, I, I'm too broken, I've done, I had too much sin. You know, no, when we come to Christ, like we are washed clean, we are made new, and and we commit our lives to him, he positions us for the sake of the gospel. And it, it's just such a beautiful picture to reflect about, reflect on here this Easter is not only what he did on Friday, but just this idea that you can invite him in, like you can have a personal relationship with Jesus, and he can transform your yeah. life in the same Amen. way. Yeah, and just that idea of you can't be like, like there's no such thing as I'm too broken. Jesus took that all upon himself on the cross when he yes. went and defeated death, defeated sin, and rose again to life. He defeated all of that. He took every sin upon himself, and then God turned his own face away from Jesus because that's what needed to be done yeah. for uh, for our sin to be defeated and paid for. Like, So, I mean— if you guys have, like for you guys, listeners who might have questions that need answering or just guidance um, and don't know where to go, we are totally willing to help. You can contact yeah, us absolutely. at um, on our Instagram at liveit underscore podcast um, or send Jake an email at jake.sullivan at grace.church. Yeah, um, definitely and we out. are definitely willing to take the time out of our day to reach out and answer any questions. Well, and, and this leads us right into to, to verse 30 as we walk, continue to walk through Luke 24 here. Yeah. Is, it says, so they invite Jesus in. They sit down at a table. And it says, when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And then in verse 31 hmm. said, and their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And it's, again, just hmm. this idea on Easter is just consider inviting Jesus in. Like, like you may not know everything about him, but what we do know from Scripture, we even know from this picture right here with Cleopas and his, and his wife in their home, is when they invited Jesus in, their eyes were opened. Mm. And saying, yeah, like, just say yes to Jesus. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, say yes to Jesus, invite him in, and let him, right, begin to reveal to you who he is. Right. And this is what happened to them. And then on to, go on to verse 32. And they said to each other, son, Jesus has vanished. And they said to each other, yeah. did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened to us the scriptures? And this picture, like, like 
we may not know everything about Jesus, but when we when we're in his presence, our heart begins to burn. Mm. And then when he opens scriptures, like our heart burning, right? So I, I kind of want to ask, ask you this question, Sam. Like, it's one thing to invite Jesus in, right? It's another thing for his word to really become important to you. Wow, yeah. Where his word begins to stir your heart. Mm. And, and so my question is, when did God's word really become important to you? Right. Is there a scripture that you can remember that really burned inside your heart that was like, right. yeah, this is... This is so, this is following Christ. I will actually give just a couple examples. One more, one specific, and one kind of broad, actually. Um, so a little bit more broad, actually. Getting back from um, Turkey when I went there, I in Turkey, um, and in these more remote places of of the world, like parts of Turkey are more westernized than the other parts are a lot more third world. Um, but when you're in these more remote places, trying to minister to people, going out, just trying to make disciples that make disciples, you know, yes. share the gospel, you everything that you are comfortable with and everything that you ha- that you have like built your life around for the past however many years is stripped away from you in this time. So you know, we don't have our phones. We don't have like you know our parents to tell us do this or do that. Like we just have the le- like what we know about who God is and the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And so I started to realize in that moment just who God, who Jesus is to me, first of yes. all, and how important God the Father is, how he holds us so dearly to his heart. God the Son is, Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb, and God the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us to do the work of ministry. Mm. And um, when I came back from this trip, um, I started getting into doing regular everyday devotionals and reading my Bible just by myself and getting into that. And I started to understand just how cool the Bible is in that it's literally a full circle gospel story. The entire thing points to Jesus in some way, shape, or form. And I was just amazed at all the prophecies talked about in Jeremiah, Isaiah, like and and the books that Solomon writes, and then and then going forward into um, when Jesus walked this earth, how much of that prophecy he fulfilled and spoke about, and then to for the coming books that are yeah. written by Paul and then um, Timothy and, and James and all these kind of books and stuff. So I was just astounded to see just how the Bible points back to Jesus in so many different ways. A little bit more specifically, yesterday we were reading in Exodus, um, and we're celeb- we celebrate Passover on the day that Jesus died and how his blood was spilled for us. On the day of Passover, when the Jews were about to be set free from uh, Egypt, um, from Pharaoh, um, God told them to kill the unspotted lamb and wipe the blood over their door. And that way God would know to pass mm. over them that they were cleansed yeah. and he wouldn't take the sun from them and, and cast judgment upon them like he would the rest of Egypt. And I was real in when we were reading that it was the first time that that struck me as like, this is the gospel story of old. Yeah. Yeah. Pointing to Jesus in the mm-hmm. future. I'm like, Literally, Jesus is that lamb 
that we are wiping over our doors, that God passes over in his judgment. Yeah. And that's why Jesus is so important. Mm -hmm. And I literally, like yesterday, we were sitting at the dinner table, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is in Exodus 12. And then um, obviously we know the story of Jesus, but I was just like, oh my gosh, like this entire story is about Jesus. It is. And I'm like, I, I, I'm blown away by it. And so, but yeah. you can just feel right. Like you can feel Sam's excitement um, just through this microphone or, or through your podcast um, of of God's word. And that's what God's word does, right? Like they they talk about this burning in their hearts as as Jesus opened the scriptures with them. Like, and there's so many. I think, especially when you get around Easter, right? Like you don't get in your word all year long. You don't open your Bible and say, like, what does it have to say? To me, like, what is the Lord wanting to speak? And in my encouragement to you would just be open up the word, mm. let it speak, let it let it burn in your heart, and let it stir you to come to know Christ more. For me, Matthew 15 18 was that first verse, and mm. and I, I learned it in the NIV. It says, But the things that come out of out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. So I didn't really know anything about Jesus, so I just invited him kind of like into my life, like, oh, I'm going to start coming to the salt company thing, and just kind of invited him, like, who are you? And this was the ver first verse I think I've ever read in the Bible, and I had a major cussing problem in, in college. I was always cussing. It was mother F this, mother F that. And, and, um, and I'm like, okay, Lord, if you are who you say you are, change how I speak. Mm -hmm. and, and like you said with the, with the pornography, where it's just gone. The Lord did that with my speech. Wow. It was like I was gone. And people asked me, well, how'd you become all religious? I did it. I opened up his word. It spoke. I cried out to him. And God is letting me know who he is. And he answered. And he answered. That's so cool. And he answers all the time. And he wants to do that in your life as well. Well, not to keep you guys too long. We're at, we're at the 37-minute mark. I, I want to finish with verse 34. Mm. So as soon as they realized, wait, let, that was Jesus with us. He had disappeared. They talk a little bit, and now they immediately need to go tell someone. And and it, and it says, um, in, I'll, I'll start in verse 33. It says, and they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. So they walked all the way back to their oh, yeah. home from Jerusalem. Now they're going to return <laughs> to Jerusalem, found the 11 apostles and those who were gathered together, saying, the Lord has risen indeed and appeared and has appeared to Simon. Amen. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to mm. them in the breaking of bread. Like, who do you have to tell? If you're a Christ follower and and you you realize the magnitude of not only Jesus dying for you, but Jesus overcoming death for you, you need to tell someone. Right. That's the call. Yeah. Right. Go and make Amen. disciples. Right. Go and you're going to go and preach my word in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Acts 1 8. Like, our call is to go tell people that. That he not only died, but he rose. Yeah, yeah. And we get to celebrate that this Easter. Yeah. And so you kind of left that little that little open-ended question, who do you need to tell? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to be like, like that super pushy Christian guy or like, you know, that crazy, you know, whatever. But I mean, everyone, like everyone needs to know this. Yes. And whatever opportunities we have, I would urge you guys to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the field because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Ask him to send you. Ask him to give you opportunities that are just so clear to just share the love of Jesus and what he has done in your life. Because the word of God speaks, 
but also like the truth of your testimony also speaks volumes. Like yes. the word says that um, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The Lord has given us a testimony, us yes. believers, and we can use that to share his love um, and to share his hope. And I think that that's such a cool thing. Let's end there. Yeah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. All right, guys, have a great week. We will see you guys next time.